Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show about overcoming adversity and making a difference. Your host, Philip Rampisa, interviews guests from all walks of life to help you succeed. Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show where we give you inspiration and share all the tips with you to help you achieve your goals. We also speak to people that have overcome adversity and made a difference so that you can learn from them and use the tools that they have used to have impact and move your life forward. Today, I am truly excited because I'm going to be speaking to somebody truly remarkable. I'll be speaking to Tepo Siakamela, who has a truly inspirational story. Actually, I'm not even going to say what Tepo's story is because he is going to tell us what his story is. Tepo, welcome to the show. How are you, my man? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here. And yeah, good day to your listeners. Uh, I'm just here So when I was, you know, preparing for the show, I read, I read through your story, which is quite remarkable. Uh, Tapo, can you please tell us, I mean, I, I do need to mention this because you will not say it yourself. Tapo is an author, guys. He is also a speaker and an entrepreneur, but he's got such a remarkable story, which he will tell to us. Tapo, please share your story with us. I mean, before you became an author and a speaker and an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah, my, 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 my story is quite... I should say simple. Uh, I like maybe starting my story with the other book that I've written. The title of the book is The Roundabout Way. Oh, and okay, I'm saying thanks. in the book that I have found my purpose, but I took the roundabout way. And I'm saying to everyone who is reading the book, they must start finding their purpose as of now. And in that book, there's a chapter that I call my three levels of pressure. And then I start... Uh, narrating my story from when I was in primary school and I was in about, let's see, it was grade, grade six and seven, no, around grade six and seven, that time it was started four and five. And uh, at that time, I will not say I was, let me say I am, but I was a very intelligent boy in class. You know how things were like uh, back in those days, primary schools in the township, there would be position one, position two, you know, those positions. <laughs> yeah. And I would always, yeah. yes, yes. So I would always battle for, 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 for position one and position two. But what happened at that time is that I, I, I also suffered a lot of bullying at school. Okay. And I remember when I remember coming out of primary school, going into secondary school and which is, yeah, going into high school. And then I remember telling myself that I am tired of being bullied and I'm not going to be bullied again. But at that time, I took a very bad choice. I decided to join a gang at school. And, you know, I do not, I do not remember being, I never been, been bullied in high school. But the downside of it was that, you know, when now you are with these guys, you know, you pick up all their bad habits, you know. Uh, when they smoke, you smoke. When they drink, you drink. You know, you start now going out of the way. And then that's what I call myself my, my first level of pressure because 
it's what got me out of the way. And then fast forward, I also talk about my second level of pressure, which now because my high school, because now of the lifestyle that I had started living, I changed a lot of schools. I went to a lot of high schools, about five of them. And then, you know, somewhere in the middle of that, uh, I started not being content with what was provided for me at home. So I have a loving mother who raised us as a single parent. Uh, she tried by all means to provide for us. But, you know, uh, because of the influences, uh, the lifestyle that I had started, I, I, now I love parties. Now, you know, I was taken by the wind. Then I started not to be content with what I was getting at home. I had friends around me who, when they wanted stuff, they get it immediately. Sometimes if I want something, it has to be laid by it, all of those things. And that's, that's when now I started also doing wrong things like crime, you know, shoplifting and all of those things. And that's what I call my, my, my second level of pressure on the book. And then the third level of pressure, I also now discuss that life, so special life of crime, where now it had reached its climax because when I started, I started very young, you know, I started doing crime very young and started being uh, exposed to things, such things as, as incarceration, you know, getting arrested, going in, staying in for a while and coming out. And while I am in, I would meet some criminals who were bigger than me. And then when I come out, I would be worse than I was when I went in. So my third level of pressure speaks about the climax of, of, of that lifestyle. And then until 1999, when I got arrested for a very serious case, and I, I, I was convicted to a lifetime in prison. So as I speak to you now, I have, let me see, it's about three years. It was in 20, 2018 when I was released uh, from, 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 from prison. So, yeah, that, basically that's, that's the background of my story. Obviously, while I was inside, there's quite a lot that had happened. There was my changing point, but I think maybe we'll ask about it later. But basically, that's my background. Uh, I'm a guy who, who lost 19 years of his life in prison, and I had to start over So how many years is that, Tepo? 19. 19, okay. Yes. It's 19 years. Yeah, okay, you can continue. Sorry for, for interrupting. I'm listening. Okay, yeah. Yeah, basically then that was my, that is my background. That That is what had happened to me. And, you know, obviously when I got arrested in, in, in 1999, uh, it, I was rightfully so, you know, rightfully so arrested. I deserved it. And then I went in and... Even when I was inside, when I got inside, you know, there were so many things. Uh, I had not yet. What? Well, how could? So I when you I, were I arrested in 1999, yes. what were you arrested yes. for? I was arrested for murder and robbery. Oh, okay. Yes, that happened in Plumfontein, and hence the long sentence. Yeah, hence the 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 the, 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 you know, the harshness of the case. Yeah. And then, yeah, it happened that, you know, while I was 
when I got inside, uh, I was still a juvenile delinquent, you know, even the mindset. You know, there are many things that, you know, uh, in life people can use to make excuses that daddy was not around or whatever the case. But the real story is that I had not yet found my papers and I was a result of my bad decisions, you know, as a child. And even when I got inside in prison, I was not yet reformed, obviously. I took part in, in prison to Instagram. I know even that part of life. And that went on until uh, about 2004. That's when a turnaround came. And then in 2004, my hope, my hope is Jesus Christ, you know. That's when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that's when I started to find my purpose, you know. I started to find in my heart just wanting to do good. In 2005, I got converted to school. In 2005, I went back to school because when I got arrested, I was, a, I think, a grade 10, grade 10 dropout. Yeah, I had left school in grade 10. But also, fortunately, at some point, at some point, uh, through the help of my mother, I had written a, 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 trip, a trip, uh, exam before I got arrested. I remember it was with an adult center in the morning. And then in 2005, when I was in prison, wanting to go back to school, luckily then I had that report, you know, for, for, for retreat, and they allowed me to do my retreat. So I completed it in 2006, went on to study fair, I did technology diploma, I did business management, and I also did communication science. I was pursuing a degree, although I did not finish it at the time. I, I, I will also tell you, uh, about it later on. And, you know, that's when I, I, I gradually started finding myself, you know, instead of participating in the wrong things such as gangsterism as I did before, I started finding things such as drama, you know. And, yeah, I, when I finished Mexico, so I started also helping tutoring other inmates inside. And later on, when I got to Boxburg, then that's when also I became a member of an organization called the Making a Difference Generation. So yeah, for me, yeah, that's when I got a turnaround and everything that I'm doing now, you know, it started to build from there. And, you know, uh, you know, my vision gradually becoming clearer and clearer of what I want my life to become. And yeah, that's 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 that, 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 that's a brief of, of my background of of where I come from, you know. And uh, maybe you can have some questions from that. Yeah, uh, thanks, Tepo. And yeah, man, um, you know, I've, I'm happy about how you've explained your your three levels of of pressure. You know, the bullying. There was the first level, the crime and shoplifting. That was the second level, and the life of crime at, the, at its climax as the third level. And I mean, you've had a turnaround in 2014, and then you became oh, a born again that's, Christian. That's 2004. That's 2004. 2004. Sorry, I'm misquoting mm -hmm. that. Yes, 2004. Yes, yes. And then you you became a, a born again um, Christian. So. 
I'm interested in knowing. You know, I mean, if you, if you look at a time when you were arrested in 1999, uh, between then and 2004, that is a space of five years. Yes, from sir. 1999 to 2004, it's a space of five years. And do you then, in that five years, you're completely transformed. And I say you're completely transformed because a new thing happened in 2004 yes, where sir. you now took a step to change your life. And since yes. then to, to, to now, we are now speaking to a person that has been fully transformed and is now changing the world. In that five years of transformation from 1999 and 2004, I'm, I'm very interested in knowing what were the key moments and what was the process like, the process of changing to, 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 um, to, to what you've been and, 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 and to what you are now and who you are now. In that five years, what were the key moments? What was the process of change like? Um, if you could try and describe it. I know sometimes it's difficult to describe this. Yes. But if you could yes. just try for us to describe it. Um, what, what was that like? Uh, the, the transformation, what happened? Was there a triggering moment? Was there a minute or a second where you said, I know, I step I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, what was the transformation like? Okay, yeah, if, if, yeah, in answering that question, if I could uh, describe my, my life at the time, even the mentality, you know, when I, like, my mentality was very corrupt. Uh, I remember when, 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 when my dream at the time was to be like Al Capone, you know, to be a biggest mafia or to be a biggest kingpin. That's how I used to think. And even in, in, you know, in the practice of inside prison, I was very, I was very active at the time. I was, I was part of the of a prison game called the Six, and you know the things that prison games do. You know, hating other inmates. So I was very forward in that, and you know that that desire for change for me came it came suddenly. I remember we were in. A prison in Lopanke in the Kozmanau Correctional Center. It's a private prison and it was a very close prison, meaning that uh, you can have a friend that does not live, that lives only one section away from you, but you will never see that friend unless you are, you guys are going out for church or you are going out for library. So my friends in the gang, our, the gang members, we had this bad tendency of going to church, not to do church, but to meet for our own things, you know. We'll go inside the church, sit at the back, and, you know, while other people are there for the business of the church, then we'll be whispering, discussing our, 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 our wrong things. That was our meeting place because that was the only way, you know, when, even if as people you live in different sections, but when it was time for church, you went to one day. So I remember us doing that. And then there was a time when now the authorities became aware of it. And I remember a specific day when, when the chaplain was in prison. 
came into the church and addressed the whole church and told us that uh, he is aware of the nonsense that is happening there. There are people who come here for wrong reasons, and they are going to deal with those people. And then, you know, the gang also, the gang leaders, they said, okay, guys, since this is happening now, let us change the routine. We are no longer going to meet the church, but we are going to find other options. So I remember that, yeah, the whole lot of us, we stopped them going to church. And then, you know, just one day, just just one day, then I decided for myself that, you know what, uh, I am going to go, you know, I'm going to go by myself and then having my own Bible. And, you know, at that time, there, there's just something strange, there, 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 there was a strange thing happening in me. And it was a sudden change because I suddenly felt in my heart that I wanted to do this. I could not describe what 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 what, what good was, but uh, there was that certain uh, design in my heart that I wanted to do good. So I know that some things came, you know, as a result of prayer because my mother has always been a Christian. She has always encouraged me, and yeah, but that thing just came to me suddenly that I want to do good, and then that's when now I decided by myself that. I want to go and attend church. So I did it about once, twice. And then one day there was a there was also a library in prison. And now now I'm sharing my testimony now, how I got converted exactly. So I remember I took a book called uh, Chicken Soup for a Prisoner's Soul. I remember that I took that book, I took it to myself. And one early morning, like, yeah, like early morning around three o'clock in the morning, I, 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 I woke up and then I, I started reading that book. I remember even the cell that time, the lights were off. I was using a light that was coming from outside, you know. I was sitting at the corner just to get that light and I was reading that book. And... You know, funny, I cannot even tell you exactly what were the contents of that book, but I remember reading about a story of an inmate somewhere in Brazil where who had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that, that moment, that is the moment where I cried to the Lord. That's how I got converted. You know, I, I did not do it in the altar call in church. But that's when now I said, God, forgive me. I received Christ as my savior. And as I said, you know, I had the background, you know, my mother had always fed me this. Uh, I knew Sunday school. And, you know, as I said, also, I had also started, you know, attending a few services. So I knew what to do and it happened then. And then what's funny, the part that I like about the way you pose your question, it's the days that followed that one because you must know now that my previous gang friends in the morning when they look at me i'm still their fellow gang member you know even you know there's a language that it's used when we greet each other you know whoosh all of those things there are signs that are used so they still see me that way and you must remember that even in that gang i was i had also a rank you know there were people who were under me 
and then there were also people who were above me so in the small section where i stayed everyone there was were people who were un, who were who were below me who were under me so i was the leader in that small section so now yeah that was now my problem my gang friends saw me as the same person that you know as their fellow gang members and now when i would also go to church the brothers in church they also see me as that old person who would come to church to cause trouble so i was yeah for for for, for some time you know i was alone the change was internal but it was not at all visible outside because you know i would be in meetings with with gangs as i used to however at that time i would know the inside of me that i do no longer belong here but for a while you know there was that fear you know of disappointing people because i was very trusted in the gang in the gang in my gang let me think like that uh the fear of, of what might happen because if you know anything about uh gang prison uh, prison gang terrorism and the codes there's this code that says if you come if you go out you must go out by blood you understand so yeah i i i i i battled with that for some time i battled with that for some time until one day i remember it was a wednesday so i was still by myself you know and then i just decided to go to church you know i decided to fast that day and to go to church and it was on that day that i became bold you know to stand in church and tell them that i used to be a gang but i'm no longer but i'm now a child of god but the devil is holding me back is making me to to fear telling my old friends that i'm no longer one of them and yeah i, I was grateful about the following day i got my deliverance so yeah that's that's that, that's my story you know that process of change and the challenges that i encountered during that time yeah it's it's just amazing how you made the decision to change and then you were able to follow it through you know and make decisions and take actions that were helping you change your life and you were bold mm. enough to actually admit when you've had a problem so i also want to ask you that moment when you decided that you wanted to be good was that yes. the only time um when you had such a moment where you where, where where you decided you wanted to be good and i'm talking that you know there was a key five years i mean between 1999 until 2004 and i think prior to that when you were bullied and you joined the gang there were things so before that moment in in 2004 when you decided you wanted to be good were the moments where you felt like oh man you know i want to be like al capone but i also want to be good before 2004 or did it just happen in that one moment in 2004 then you made a decision to be good and then you took actions to actually become good like in the time when you were caught up um in those three levels i mean the level of bully of being bullied the levels of pressure the level of being bullied the level of of crime and shoplifting 
lifting and 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 the level of now when you were on timings of crime was there a moment when you wanted to change or did it just happen in that moment in 2004 and you were able to follow it through was it a feeling that came and went back or was it a feeling that happened once and you just followed through with it you know yeah as far as i can remember especially maybe if we take it from the time of the climax you know if there was such moment they were very scarce but you know the mind was very, very, very corrupt at the time. Don't laugh at me, come on. Let me tell you that. No, I'm just I, yeah, he's saying no, the very very scarce moment in those times. Yeah, because I don't even remember, you know. <laughs> That's why I say if they were, they were very scarce. You know, except you know, there could be, you know, sometimes regret, you know, you know, uh, but it's not a, a real desire for change. Let me make an example. Let's say when I was in Mangawu you'd find that because my mother was always supportive of me, you know. Uh, she would come maybe to Bloemfontein. And when she arrives there, uh, I'm not in the section as I'm supposed to be, but I'm isolated because I did one, two, three, you know. And then I will have to go and meet her, uh, you know, behind the glass. Because if you don't behave, you don't get contact visit. And, you know, yeah, such moments, you know, looking into her eyes there would be those moments you know of regret but they were not a genuine you know uh, they did not become a genuine force to make me to want to change you know and then also as 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 i as i also shared i was sharing in a platform you know i got invited to a certain event uh where they were speaking about the, the the issues of gender-based violence and all of that and then there were some factors you know there were some other factors that they were driving me especially you know in that five years the five years you know from 99 to 2004 you know and you know one of those factors also was fear you understand and i would do some things not because i was brave but because you know because I was running from something else, you understand. So yeah, it is such feelings that I that 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 is just it's such thoughts and feelings that I remember. You know, times when there would be that you know regret, yeah, that remorse. You know, because you know when you have family, whatever actions that you do, it also affects them, and you know even that moment of fear. You know that. Uh, I'm in prison. I'm in the jungle. You know, if 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 I don't hunt, I'll be hunted. You know, if I don't hurt, I'll be I'll be hurt myself. You understand? But the 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 the, the moment that I've shared with you, you know, that moment when that sudden desire for change, it's something to me that came suddenly. You know. It was very unusual for me. And it happened at the time when I was, you know, I was really, really active in, in the life that I was living at the time. So 
yeah, the strange feeling came suddenly. It was, it was a, a time in my life like no other time, you know. It was the time of visitation, I should say. Yeah, and um, and I I fully understand the feeling of regret. Um, yes. Please tell me about the feeling of fear, um, running away from something. Okay. Yeah, this one, that one. Now you see now that one is 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 is, is, is the hard one. But I'm going to give it to you next. Uh, let me start also in my book. What made me to write a book? Ne? What made me to write a roundabout way? The first book that I've written, I, re- I wrote both of my books while I was inside. Ne? And yeah, that's where that, that, that's a part that I also hope that we are going to discuss. And there is a part there. Oh, let me tell you how I got to write about the book. Ne? How, how, how I got to write the book. So I remember I was watching a, 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 a TV show. Ne? And can I mention the name of the TV show? It's not free advertisement that I'm giving them. No, it's all right. Yeah, you're being honest. Yeah, you can I, mention it. I, re- I remember I was I was watching Bailey Theater, ne? and the the presenter. Okay, on, on that day they were speaking about you know prison because they were interviewing uh, three ex-convicts. Ne? Yeah, I remember even the names of the people they were interviewing. Them. It was Morosi Temba, and 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 kind of what is this guy's name? He's also a famous man. And then, yeah, Miles Bood and Miles Bood, yeah? And then I remember the prison, the presenter asked Miles Bood a question. He said, is it true that uh, men do get raped in prison? And he did answer that question. He did say yes, but in a way that was that was cold, you know, you know, you know, you know, when I don't know how to explain this, but you can, you, you, you could feel that this person is talking about something that he had never experienced. You understand? Yeah. And then, sorry. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You understand that, yes. Yeah. And then it happened that in my life, I also share the, uh, that book, that book is a massive book. It's not yet even published. But I'll take three orders today. Yeah? Uh, and then, uh, you know, before my main arrest, the one that we are, we are discussing now, the one in 1999, you understand? These little other arrests that I had before that, I did ex- experience something of that sort, you understand? And then it was that thing of saying, yeah, you know, you are in the jungle, toughen up, you know. Uh, if you don't do it, it will be done to you. You understand? So there was that mentality. So some of the negative things that I used to do, I used to be driven by that. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. And thanks for sharing that. It's so, it's so, it's such a, a, a meaningful thing to hear, you know, because some of these things we just imagine and, you know, sometimes when you fear, you might just do things to, to protect yourself. So now, Tepo, I'm going to ask you, and I, I presume with your story, you, sometimes you'll speak to people that might ask you about the details of what happens and, you know, but I'm, 
you know, in this show, the transformational side of your story is so important because it's, you know, we speak to people that have overcome adversity and make a difference and you, you resemble that and you are living yes. it now. And, you know, yes. we'll get to soon, we're going to get to all these wonderful things that you're doing as a speaker and an author. And so what I want to ask you though now is your transformational process took a certain amount of time. And I'm interested in knowing, in your opinion, is there a way that transformational process can be fast-tracked? And I know we spoke of the time where, you know, yeah, the thoughts of changing would have been very scarce and scarce in the way that you put it. Um, yes. And to a point where it now happened. So what I am imagining is, you know, I mean, there could be a person right now that is going through what you went through. The exact same three levels of pressure and they are going through that. In your view, in your opinion, based on your life experience and what you've gone through and what you've now become, the person that is now changing the world, is there a way to fast track that transformation that you took, that that you went through, you know, I mean, it happened between, I don't know, I think 1999 to 2004, or even, you know, you know, it happened from the time when you decided, I mean, you've explained it so well, the levels, the level of pressure, the level of bullying, the level of, of crime and, and shop, shoplifting. And I understand, I understand that the other levels because bullying was something you were experiencing and you were just responding in terms of how you you yeah. can solve it. Shoplifting had a certain pressure in that you wanted to get get some things. You wanted maybe you wanted to be cool, maybe you wanted to make some money, and then there I was the life of crime. Yeah, you wanted to develop, you know, and, and then there was a life of crime. So in all these levels there was a, a major level of now transformation. Tepo, is there a way this can be fast-tracked? Are there means and ways this can be fast-tracked? So if somebody is about to do this and embark on a certain journey for longer, we are able to transform them. We are able to you know, um, uh, shift their minds so that they become a Tepo that is you now. Uh, yes, much yes. more quicker and i'm not blaming the journey that you're going through because i believe that things happen for a reason and nothing gets yes. wasted you 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 went through that whole journey so that you can be here and sh- and 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 share this powerful story that you are sharing now so i'm not criticizing the journey or blaming it it happened for a reason but i do want to know in your opinion is there a way we can get people to change quicker, transform quicker, and become the people that are changing the world like you are now. You know, I love your question, Ne, because you know the pro- one of the problems that we encounter people like me. When I say people like me, I would say, you know, people who who come from the background of prison and they come having changed. Ne, sometimes when we talk at places, 
a question would come up would, would come from a young person that says uh, so you guys want to tell us if we want to be like you we have to first go to prison and you know because to them it sounds like that that you go to prison you'll get education and then so i i love the way you you have posed this question because it answers that pro- problem direct so yes i do i i do believe i do believe that uh transformation can come quicker you know i love things that are happening now you know uh, there are things that are happening now that did not happen when we were growing up like for example you know having motivational speakers visiting schools you know to us it's something that never used to happen in our times you know there's this saying that if i knew now what i knew then you understand so because my understanding of my situation at the time you know that you can name a lot of things you can say bullying and what and what but i think what the primary people is that i so the primary problem was that i did not know my purpose you know i did not understand myself uh, had i knew and appreciated things about myself as i do now had i if i had that back then and i i believe that it would have turned out differently for me you know uh i think the the primary thing is to help people to know who they are i think this this teaching of purpose you know it's 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 very important especially for young people and the second thing you know i think that every young person must have is somebody that they can talk to you know somebody that they can share their problems with and yeah i think when we do that you know when we do that when we when we help young people to know who they are and when we listen to them and listen to their problems i believe that transformation can come quicker to a lot of people thank you so much uh, thank you so much sebo man you've you've shared so many wonderful things with us and your story is just amazing so tepo you are doing great things i mean you are you are an author you are a, a speaker you are an entrepreneur you've just now um you've i think you've also um f- founded another organization there's a specific name for your organization i'm just uh yeah you I mean you're doing great things um tepo so can you tell us why you you've decided to take the direction that you've taken because I think that is an important question because remember even though you have this story um in terms of w- where you come from and there are many angles uh, and directions yes. that you would have taken for somebody else they would have maybe been in ministry for somebody else they would have maybe started an organization that um is about prisoners rights but you've decided yes. to do this specific things um that that you've started i mean you're an author you've started the 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 motivational what is your motivational organization again motivation empire M- motivation empire empire you've you've moved to this direction 
why this direction why not another direction yeah i would say you know uh one word you know to summarize this it's self discover and you know when what you were asking about transformation earlier on i think transformation can come suddenly because you know transformation is something that starts in the mind you know once the mind starts to be right and then transformation starts but now things such as you know uh finding your passion uh you know especially your vision you know i think it's something that develops over time and you know one thing that i i, I would say that it's it's a big disadvantage about you know this negative life life of crime and drugs and all of those things is that it does not give you time you know to find your gifts especially your gifts and then even to people who know their talent i mean it deprives you of the opportunities to cultivate those gifts you understand so it was important for me that's why i even mentioned it earlier on that after now i converted and i transformed you know i started taking part in things you know i started finding those things that 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 that, that excite me you know like doing drama you know and in school as i told you that i had went back to 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 school you know i started having my favorite subjects you know and yeah i fell in love especially with communication so that's that's how slowly you know i i i started uh, discovering my gifts discovering what is it that i can do and then i think the 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 the, the biggest point the biggest point the biggest changing fact happened in 2014 the time before 2014 right in prison some of the things that i took part in i worked in in an office called azrek which is sports recreation arts and culture so then azrek you know i would coordinate uh, arts and culture activities for other inmates i would manage them you know whenever there's events i would be active and then that thing obviously made me you know to engage a lot with other inmates you know i have to address them i have to stand before them i have to encourage them i have to lead them and then later on a friend of mine i was together with him in prison mandlang gwenya is also doing well here outside so he came with an idea that we must start an organization called the making a difference generation and we started the organization i don't remember the exact year but it was before 2014 and you know through that organization we used to do crime awareness campaigns right while we were still inside we used to do uh you know yeah all kinds of awareness you know crime drugs drugs when it's 16 days against when it's 16 days of activism against uh women and children abuse you know we would throw an event so you know that life that I was starting to live inside it gave me that platform to stand before people and talk and then in 2014 it happened that the department of health and libraries partnered with dcs the department of correctional services and they brought a public speaking competition to yeah to prison 
And I remember I took I took I took a part in that competition, and by God's grace and hard work, I won the competition. I became the public speaker of the year in 2014. And you know that was another 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 turning point for me because. I remember when I was standing on that stage, we were in Pretoria, that, that competition. Uh, here in Gauteng, we have about nine, nine uh, prisons, nine correctional centers. And all of them, they were there to participate. There were a lot of inmates, even the ones from female prison, you know. So it was a big crowd. For me, it was a big deal and a big occasion. I remember standing on that stage lifting up that trophy like that was the moment that i knew what i wanted to do with my life you know that's the moment when i started to officially look at myself as a motivational speaker even before that i used to stand before people but that's when now i took a conscious decision that i'm a motivational speaker i even started a group while i was in prison it was called a generation motivation group where I would, you know, get uh, inmates who are interested in public speaking together and then we would empower one another. And then, you know, because the system, the correctional center also allows service providers from outside. We would also source people from outside to come and train us, you know. And people like more, people such as Fred Mamabulo used to come and help us, you know. I would bring in people so that they can empower the guys. So yeah, that's where consciousness started, you know, and I knew that I wanted to be a speaker. In fact, let me say I knew that I was in communications, you know, because everything that I'm doing now, it's all things communication, whether it's literature, whether it's public speaking, whether it's media. And then that's, that's when now I started to to, 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 you know, to do a lot of research. And can I share a story of, uh, of, 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 of how I started to learn of you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during that time, you know what I did during that time? Ne? Yeah. I, said I was still in prison. You know, if you can get hold of my book, you will not believe that I wrote it while I was still inside. Wow. Because of the kind of book it is, you know, the one go and motivate them. It comes from that passion, you know, that love for public speaking, that belief in motivation. That's why when you ask me, uh, can transformation, you know, come suddenly? Can we avoid people taking the roundabout way? And I think as long as there are people out there who do not know their purpose, uh, motivational speakers are necessary. You know, my, 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 my book is like an apologetics. I'm doing apologetics for motivational speaking. For people who say that it's useless, people don't need it. I know what it has done for me, you understand? So during that time, I started doing a lot of research because as a student, I also had, you know, access to internet yeah, because I was studying at the time. Yeah? And I remember I started just, you know, going into internet, doing my research, uh, who are the you know, biggest motivational speakers here in South Africa, who are the biggest motivational speakers around the world, you know. I started exposing myself to names such as Bo Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, for the first time, you know. 
and here at home, you know, what Pirislikani, David Mulapo started listening, started reading, reading things. And I remember coming across your video. Yeah, first motivational speak. I remember I used to, to, to watch your videos a lot during that time because that was the time that I was now empowering myself about, you know, the industry and how things are supposed to be done. So, yeah, that's how I found my, my, my passion for motivational speaking. And then I remember as time went on, I also had this desire to have my own TV show. And now having this desire for having my own TV show, you know, I'm a person when I start, you know, when I say I want this, obviously, you know, the first thing is information for me that know everything that is there to know about this particular thing. So, fortunately at the time, not at the time, even now, fortunately I have a childhood friend uh, who has been in TV for a very long time. So I sought for his contact and then, you know, I just had him to tell me exactly what is it that I must do, you know, to have my own TV show. I even called the people at the, at the SAPC. And you know, while I was still inside there, I'll tell you there's something that is important. From the day when I say, when I told myself that I'm a motivational speaker, I started to attract amazing opportunities. While I was still inside, I'll tell you about those opportunities. Yeah? But yeah, I remember when I told myself that I wanted to have a TV show. That's when I started now researching. I ended up doing uh, I ended up doing concept documents for people who want to have their own TV shows while I was still in prison. You understand? Wow. There are people who submitted their concepts and, you know, I did it for them while I was in there. You know, the concept document. When you want to submit to the SAPC, that package, there must be a concept document. It has its own format, the budget document. I was able to do that. So, yeah, that's, you know, everything that I wanted to do for me, it started to unfold little by little. And I remember it was in 2015. I was at Hoshimampur. At that time, I was I was housed in Boxberg Prison. But as a UNISA student, when we write when we write exams, we used to go to to Hoshimampur in Pretoria, a prison in Pretoria. I remember I was sitting on my desk. I was studying. And then my mind got distracted for a while. I started thinking about outside, you know, what is it that I want to do when I was, when I get out. And you know, my vision as, as, as I'm having it now, at that time it came like in a divine way. But obviously there was a development towards that thing. And then when that vision came to me, I started writing it down. Motivation empire as it is today. I started writing it down, you know, all the things that I want to do. And I am glad to say that those are exactly the things that I'm pursuing now. So exactly as my vision came to me, exactly the way that I wrote it down. So, yeah, that's how it developed. Wow, Tep. <laughs> Amazing. So was there anything in particular that you learned from, from my videos? Oh, <laughs> I'm just asking out of curiosity. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit you know, of a selfish question. Yeah, listen, you know, uh, 
it's, it's a good question. I think you know that time. You, you know, I, I would say you and all the other people. That's how. That's how my my life, or should I say, my vision, got to get shaped. You know, uh, I got to get encouraged a lot. You understand? So I, I I can give it to you as a collective. You know that the people that I was listening to at the time, they helped me to shape what things are today yeah and that's a i mean that's that's just a beautiful thing um uh, Tepo, because you know it's 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 i think the world at the moment needs a lot of what you are doing and i'm so happy that you have been able to write down your vision and follow through and I mean, right now you are living that and you're such an inspirational and empowering person. So as my final question, Seppo, I'd like to ask you, a hundred years from now, if you were to say you've lived a wonderful life, what would you have done and how would you like to be remembered a hundred years from now? I define my vision. Uh... As, 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 or, or, yeah, I, I define my vision with influence, you know. I think the greatest thing that I want to have in this world is influence, you know, influence in a positive way. That's why I, I, I think I'm also passionate about all forms of communication, you know. Uh, so for me, what would be important would be the influence that I would leave behind, you know. I, I, I want to have lived, I want to, to live a life that will inspire other people. And, you know, I want to have that voice that, that will help people to, to think better, you know. And, yeah, for me, I would say, the main thing that I would like to leave behind is good influence. Sepo, you are a true inspiration. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. Please continue doing the great work and do it as much as you can reach out to many people so the transformation, as we discussed it, can happen quicker. And, I mean, who else to change the world other than you, man? You are truly remarkable. Thank you so much. I'm truly honored to have you join me today. Man, I thank you very much also for inviting me. Yeah, it's, I, I, I thank you very much. Well, guys, you've had it all right here on Power Tools to Success. Life can change. Life can get better. And you have it within you to change your life to whatever it is that you desire. Thank you for listening. Remain inspired. Move all mountains and obstacles that stand in the way of your success. Do not dare give up on yourself and your dreams. Thank you for joining us. To consult, reach us, or subscribe to our newsletter, please visit www.philiprampisa.com.